Welcome to Leaders Lift, the podcast for existing, aspiring, and any and all leaders. And remember, we are all leaders in some way, shape, or form. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham, and I want to say thanks for tuning into episode 17. Today, I'm going to focus in on tying several previous topics together and add to them a bit of courage. We've talked about how fear, trusting others, the power of optimism and positivity, and today I'd like to tie those into courage and faith. Now, when I say faith, I'm not talking about the kind of religious faith you might associate that word with. I want to talk more about faith in ourselves and others, particularly others. And that's probably more about trust versus the more traditional definition of faith. And then the pluses and minuses, spoiler alert, this kind of faith or trust will fail at times. And then talk about how courage fits into all of this. Stick around for the discussion. Before we dive in, just a reminder to share the podcast out to someone in your circle. Sharing it with one other person can help me reach a broader audience and allow us together to make a bigger impact on today's and tomorrow's leaders. Also, if you're interested in supporting the show through either a Patreon membership or in other ways, check out the show notes for your options. But now it's time for good old-fashioned story time. Except today, I want to share a story about someone that I believe exemplifies courage, trust, and faith. I'm going to call her Sally. Names have been changed to preserve the awesomeness of the individual. This is just one example of the courage she has shown over and over again as I've been privileged to work with her. Our company had just made some organizational changes. It was time to actually combine our service desk with another similar group that had been part of an acquisition many years before. The two groups performed similar functions, but while we were doing so for mostly, while we were doing so, my group, were doing so mostly for internal staff, this other organization was doing it mostly for external customers. As part of this change, I was going to report to a new senior leader, so we all got together to figure out how to best structure the organization and develop our plans for moving forward. My management team had been growing pretty steadily as we had had significantly increased our workload. But as we talked, we identified one area where it made sense for me to have another member on my team that would focus on quality, training, and things like that. As we talked, it was suggested that I consider Sally, who was a member of the leadership team of the other organization. I think I had only briefly met her at the time, and I didn't know what she was capable of, and she really didn't know me either. But I trusted my new peer, one of the leaders on the other team, that made the recommendation. But that's actually not why I'm sharing this story. After about five minutes of discussion, he suggested that he go talk to her immediately and let her know what we were thinking. Now, from what I understand of the conversation, it didn't go great. There were tears. But to put this in context, Sally really only ever worked for him and this organization. She spent one year putting her degree to work, but other than that, this had been her professional life. I can imagine how tough it must have been for her to be told that we wanted to make a change and that she would be working for someone new, in another group, and in another state. Now, this was before remote work was such a big deal. But now we come to the reason I share this story. She stepped up big time. There was enough, enough trust built up, even though I don't think she understood trust then like she does now, that she was at least willing to give it a try. I met with her before I left town, and I will tell you that the decision to bring her onto my team was one of the best professional decisions I have ever made. I hope that she feels the same way. We had to start at the beginning and build trust, but once we started down that path, the sky was the limit for her. 
While her previous boss and I were very similar in some ways, straightforward, high expectations, supportive, etc., our styles were very different. Where he focused more on practical skills, I focused on, this will be a huge surprise to everyone, leadership development, and she just ate that up. Just to give you an idea of how this played out, when we had to do mass layoffs due to outsourcing, she was the one person I kept on my staff. When I decided to move out of that role, she took it over. The lesson here, her willingness to show courage and give trust really made a difference in her career, mine, and then the lives of countless others. That's the good that can come from just a little bit of courage, or at least enough courage to take that first step. Now, I didn't have this in the episode originally, but I had this experience today, so I thought I'd also share it. Sometimes fear can creep in when we least expect it. You know how much I love to ride my mountain bike. Well, this week I decided I needed and almost had to go hit some real trails. It's just time for that. Weather here is finally great, as long as you can avoid the massive snow runoff we're having, and I just needed an out. So yesterday I spent a couple of hours tuning up my bike. I changed the chain for the first time. Sounds simple, but remember my fear of making things worse? I didn't, but the fear was there. I also swapped out the brakes and just basically got the bike ready. Today, as I was loading the truck, I had fear start to creep in. What if the bike is messed up? What if I did something wrong and made it worse? What if I'm so out of shape I can't make it? What if the trails are covered with water? And on and on. It was kind of weird, but maybe it was because it's the first ride of the season. I still went, and it was an absolutely amazing experience. In fact, I'm going to try and do this once a week. The trails were great. The bike was great. Yes, I had to walk some of the hills, but that will come in time as I get in better shape. And to think that I would have missed all of that if I had let those worries and fears pull me down. This may sound very simple, but this and the first story show how fears can impact things big like a career and small like going for a bike ride. And the role that courage, even if it's just a little bit, can play in helping make our lives more of what we want them to be. Okay, so there's the bonus story. For today's Little Lift recommendation, I want to recommend another book. I don't think I've recommended it before, but it's called Reaching Your Next Summit by Manly Feinberg II. Not that it's all about courage, but the stories are amazing examples and never would have happened if Manly hadn't had the courage to tackle some new things and go after experiences that, to me, are almost unfathomable. He is an avid rock climber, thus the title, about reaching for the summit, and ties things into reaching that next milestone on your journey. Talks about climbing overseas, he talks about climbing El Capitan in Yosemite. It's just amazing. And see if you can find the links to the courage. I've been in conference sessions where he spoke, and those are incredible as well. So I'll put a link to his book in the show notes. Now, with those stories as background, let's introduce today's topic. While I really want to focus on courage, I have to connect that with several other topics, as they really are inseparable. A couple of weeks ago, we dove into fear, and then last week, I talked about relevance. One of the great things about relevance is that it can help you overcome fear, so it feeds into courage. It's amazing what happens when you can align your higher purposes, what you want out of life or who you want to become, remember last episode, with something that has brought fear into your mind or heart. Let's say that one of your goals in life is to lead a large organization. 
Let's not focus on the why, the motives, but assume that you want to do that for a good reason. You've been working at the same company for a decade and have moved up to a great position, but maybe you've hit a ceiling. So what do you do? Well, you can sit around and wait for something to possibly come up. That's the easy thing to do. It's comfortable and probably the easiest thing that you could do in that situation. But then you leave to chance whether you'll get the opportunity you really want. I have experience with this waiting around, so trust me when I say leaving this kind of things to chance is not a good idea. So you start thinking about applying for this great opportunity someone that knows your goals sends your way. But then the fear comes in. All the ones we've talked about. Fear of failure, imposter syndrome, and more. So you recognize the fear and start trying to work through it, including identifying the relevance and applying for the position, how it aligns to your much broader purposes. Is that enough? Maybe it is sometimes, but just for our example today, let me make it more difficult. You apply for the position because you have nothing to lose there. After a few interviews, you get super excited and it seems like everyone on the hiring side thinks you're a great fit. In an interview with a senior executive, they mention how impressed everyone is to the point that they would like you to consider a position leading an entire division, something you hadn't thought about. Awesome. Fantastic. And then they mention that the position is a brand new position, opening a brand new office, and it's overseas. Now, pause for a moment. Some of you might think this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, sounds great to some. But since this is my example, I get to tell you that our main character has only worked at this one company, never even traveled overseas, and does not speak the language. So fear kicks in. In this extreme scenario, no matter how much this aligns with your higher goals, there's going to be some fear, trepidation, worry, anxiety, etc. In our personal lives, there are also situations where we can find the relevance, but that's not enough by itself to overcome our fear. If you recall the story I told about dropping out of college several episodes ago, I knew it was the right thing at the time. It aligned with my higher purposes. But there was still a lot of fear. Fear of others' reactions, fear of failure, fear of not being able to provide for my family. And all of that was a challenge. Do you remember Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? He's standing on the edge of a huge rock drop-off, but the Holy Grail is in a cave on the other side. There is zero evidence that there is a way of cross. But his dad's research told him to take a leap of faith. He did, in spite of his fears, and made it across. All three of these scenarios had alignment with higher purposes, meaning, and relevance. But in order to move forward, they still required courage. Courage to take one step, and then another, and then another. So, let's talk about courage and tie it in with some of our previous topics. Before we do that, I just want to encourage you to check out the show notes. Besides links to all of my standard resources like my website, the YouTube channel if you want the video version, social media, that kind of stuff. I also have a link to sign up for my email list, the link to my feedback form, and I would love to get your feedback, and for links and links for things like my book recommendations for the episode. So go ahead and check out those show notes. A common definition of courage is something that allows you to move forward without fear. Now, to me, that definition implies that you found something that has pushed fear aside so that it no longer exists. I don't think that's the case at all, or at least not usually. 
I think courage is something that helps us move forward in spite of fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, etc. Just thinking about a simple example here, I've mentioned before a business trip that I took to evaluate potential outsource partners. When we went on that first trip, I had only traveled overseas one other time, and that was for my church mission, which was a very different scenario. My mission was from 1994 to 1996, when the world was a different place, and the business trip was in 2015. The preparation and logistics were kind of crazy as the company didn't have a travel agency. I'd also been told all kinds of horror stories about going on this kind of a trip, lost luggage, getting sick, safety and security, etc. Some of those stories became very real when I got the list of vaccinations I needed before I could go and the list of medications it would suggest that I take with me. That also reminded me of the couple of times I had to go with other missionaries to clinics in Brazil. Those were not great experiences. With all of this, I was excited because this was a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but there was also a tremendous amount of fear. Now, do you think all those fears ever went away? Nope. Did I still go on the trip? Yeah, you already know the answer to that. And courage was one of the reasons that I went. How did I find the courage? Well, there are a couple of things to think about here. Let's first talk about relevance. At the time, one of my medium purposes, not my overarching life purpose, but one of those means to an end, was to continue to progress in my career. What I realized is that if I wanted to continue to progress at the company, I had no plans to go elsewhere, this trip really was not optional. Also, I was pretty sure that the result of this trip would be that I would get an expanded role in the organization, so there was alignment with my career goals at the time. That started to help me work through the fear, and I started to move my thoughts away from all the things that could go wrong and started getting excited about the potential positive outcomes of the trip. See that previous episode. Some of those were seeing new countries, proving that I could handle a more strategic role, advancing my career, etc. So that was first. Now, the second thing ties in with the discussions we've had previously on planning, especially how plans can help us work through fear. In this case, I realized that I didn't have to make the full plan. The vendors that were hosting us had done this hundreds of times and had provided us with plenty of information to build out our own version of the plan. So I started working through the various recommendations and requirements that I was given. I got the vaccines. I made sure I had all the medicines. I knew what to pack and what not to pack. I just kept working through and checking off the plan items. I even threw in some emergency preparedness knowledge to supplement what we were doing. And as I worked through that plan, I found it easier to push the fear aside. So I found relevance and I built and followed a plan. Third, and we'll talk about this a little more in a bit, I had built up good relationships with a few of the leaders that were going, especially the consultant leading the trip. Those relationships of trust helped me realize that when things didn't go perfectly, I wouldn't be on my own. That's actually one of my biggest concerns about unfamiliar situations in general, having to tackle them all by myself. But in this case, I'd be around others I trusted. I know that there were a bunch of other things that we did to get ready, but those are the three that I remember the most. And those three are the ones that allowed me to muster the courage to push my fears to the back and get on the airplane. So to recap, I had to find relevance in what I was doing. I needed to get educated and build a plan and execute on it. And then I had others that I could rely on. 
I hope this example helps you get a better idea of what I mean by courage being the ability to move forward in spite of fear and all of its synonyms, all of the things that go along with it. If you think back two episodes to the one on fear and my suggestions for how to overcome it, recognize, recognize it and how negative it is, begin focusing on the positives, remind yourself that most decisions are not final, get educated, and then build a plan that has enough flexibility built in to be adaptable. I want you to realize that what we are really doing when we work to overcome fear is doing what needs to be done, all of those things, to build up our courage until the courage is stronger than the fear. And that's what I had to do in this example. Building up courage like this not only helps us overcome fear, but it can also help us tweak our attitude when it needs it. Now, what do I mean by that? When we're afraid, it's generally driven by negativity. Those negative drivers can easily work their way into our attitudes. We become negative about a situation, person, opportunity, etc. So when we build courage to overcome fear, it can also have the side effect of helping us be more positive and optimistic. Positivity and optimism can improve our, improve our performance and help us better handle key situations. Let's go back to my travel example. If I had not worked through the fears that I had, but somehow still got on the plane, what would that trip have been like? Oh, total sidebar. This reminds me of one of my favorite shows when I was a kid, and still is, The A-Team. Mr. T played B.A. Baracus in the series, and he had a huge fear of flying. Every time they needed to get on a plane, they had to knock him out. Not sure why I've thought of that right now, except that maybe some of you can relate. So maybe they had to knock me out to get me on the plane if I hadn't overcome the fears. I don't know. Anyway, back to the example. If I had spent that entire trip worried about food, transportation, water, getting sick, etc., would I have been focused on the real reason of the trip? Would I have been able to do those things to prove that I could handle the next opportunity I felt I had a shot at? Would I have built up the kind of partnerships we would need to have with whichever vendor we chose? The answer to all of those questions is absolutely not. I would have just been trying to curl up in a ball or stow away in a plane to return home. Now, those fears didn't go away during the trip. We had one member of the team get pretty sick. I ended up eating all kinds of new foods, and some did not sit well. We stayed in hotels guarded by military personnel. That makes you feel good and a little bit nervous at the same time. I almost got stuck at an airport checkpoint all by myself. All of these things, all of these kinds of things, reminded me that the fears I had worked through were still there but I was able to go back through the preparations we had made, remind myself why I was there, and work with the others to make the whole trip a success. The end result of working through all of this was that I did have a once-in-a-lifetime experience, my career did advance, and then I made several other trips back there, some of which were by myself, which I realized I really enjoyed. There's the introvert part coming out. I just wouldn't have wanted to do that the first time. And those trips were also successful. All of this because I was able to build up just enough courage to move forward. So that leads me into the next subtopic. When we think about building up courage, what do we want the courage to do for us? I already mentioned that I don't believe that courage eliminates the fear or the worries. If it doesn't eliminate them, what does it really do? Well, here's my take. I believe that we build up just enough courage to take that first step then the second one, then the third, and then maybe to take the third one again because you took a step backwards. But what happens when we allow courage to push fear aside enough to start moving is that we build up momentum. And once you get good momentum, it's pretty hard to stop. 
It's like your parents telling you that Saturday is the day for you to deep clean your room and you try to stay in bed as late as possible. But eventually you get drug out of bed, maybe by the ear, and you have to start cleaning. Once you get going, you pick up momentum, and then by the time it's done, you realize that the result is a good thing. I don't know if that makes any sense, so let's go back to my trip. For me, I had to get that first bit of courage that allowed me to stop thinking about all of the negatives of the trip. Then once I started getting excited about the possibilities, I could take the second step, which was to start taking in all the advice and recommendations from those that knew what they were doing. At that point, I had momentum and just had to keep reminding myself that I wasn't traveling alone. Those steps and that momentum made it possible for me to go back a few months later for the project launch by myself. No traveling companions, a totally different itinerary. Was there fear? Sure. Did it hold me back? It didn't. That actually led me to taking others, Sally from the example above, and helping her do some of this same type of thing, work through the fear and the courage to do something like this. So what I really want courage to do for me in my life is to help me get started and build some momentum. And after that, the sky really is the limit. Let's emphasize this with two other examples. First, let's go back to Sally. She didn't find the courage to jump in feet first. She found the courage to say yes and give it a shot. It took time for us to learn how to work together. Even a year or so later, we were still working on some of that. I gave her an assignment and didn't realize that the way I gave it to her would not lead to success. We had to crack that. But by then, there was so much momentum that it was easy to keep moving forward even with that misstep. Think about Indiana Jones, about to step into that huge abyss. He somehow found the courage. I'll explain shortly where I think it came from. And took the first step. And of course, because it's Indiana Jones, he stepped onto a rock bridge. Now at that point, the camera pans around and we could all see the bridge. But he couldn't. He then had to take a second step and a third, and so on. And right at the end, he was practically running the last few steps. So now you have multiple examples of what courage can do for us, how it can help us build momentum, and hopefully one of them makes sense to you. Now, just two final thoughts. The first is around how courage and trust tie in together. This is really about having the courage or faith to trust others. I think this is a key component of developing courage, mostly because it's a myth to think that we can go through life relying only on ourselves. So at many, many points of our lives, we'll need to find the courage to put some trust and faith in others. One key fear we have to overcome in these situations is the fear that we'll get burned or that things won't go the way we'd like them to. That's not so much a fear as it is pretty much a guarantee it's going to happen. None of us are perfect, so things aren't going to go perfectly, and sometimes we just get burned by putting trust in others. But as leaders, this is one area where we need to regularly practice courage if we want to help others move forward. It could be something as simple as having the courage to let your teenager go out with friends even though the last time it didn't go so well, or letting them take the car by themselves for the first time, or giving that inexperienced, high potential, a stretch assignment as part of their development plan. Find enough courage to take the first step and then let the momentum pull you forward. If I go back to the Sally and Indiana Jones examples, both of them allowed their trust in others to help them build their courage. Sally's trust in her manager helped her take the first step. For Indiana Jones, it was trust in his father and the work he had done that had helped him step off the edge. The last thought 
is for you to think about how you can help others find courage as well. Indiana Jones made it through all of the traps and then threw dirt back over the invisible bridge so that others could move forward. Movie example, right? Once I had worked through my fears of those international trips, I was able to help Sally go on her first trip. She had never been overseas. She then went on others by herself. Now, these are good examples of how when we learn to work through our fears and develop courage, it allows us to help others do the same. So let's go back to our fictional example above, applying for that position and being told it was a whole division, new office, and overseas. How would courage to take the first step help to build momentum? Well, once you apply and get that first interview, courage builds. Then you have a good first and second interview. Then momentum picks up. By the time you're told that they want you to take a different position overseas, hopefully there is enough momentum and you've been focusing on the potential positives enough that you can keep going and see those potential positives in this new and unexpected opportunity. Now, you still have to decide if you're going to take it or not, but hopefully it's not fear that would have you say no. We're all going to face fears in our lives. Some we may overcome. That's great. But for those where the fear is going to be ever-present, let's focus on building enough courage to take the first step, and then the second, and then enough steps that momentum starts to carry us forward. And eventually the fear may only be a memory or something that's hiding in the very, very back of our minds. Take some time and think about what about a fear, maybe one or more, that's holding you back right now. What can you do to build up enough courage to take the first step and then the second? And then get on that momentum train until the fear is no longer relevant, or at least is not impacting you. And I'd love to hear your story. Thank you for joining me today. Check out the show notes, subscribe, share, give us a review, provide feedback, or just join me for next week's episode. Until then, find the courage to take a first step this week or lift someone else by helping them do so.